Gentlemen, boys and girls, kids of all ages, how are you doing? Welcome to Talking During Movies, the podcast where we take key moments and quotes from a film and have it drive a two-hour conversation. Our friend, our partner in crime, the one I was saving for number 69, just texted me. His Tesla ran out of batteries. His affluence lifestyle finally bit him in his big ass. That's right. So, there you go, folks. Jason Dick's not going to be joining us, so we're doing 69 by ourselves, which is difficult, but can be done. All right, you have to take a lot of yoga, you've got to go to Cirque du Soleil, and you've got to find, in the summer of shitty sequels, or shitty summer sequels, what you have to find is the movie to do 69 with. And what's good and bad? What falls from the graces? Who farts in your face in the 69 of the beauty at the same time? Nothing better. Than Major League Two. And the only way you can do 69 is to do it at Dive Bar. So I'm live, I'm solo, I'm here at Dive Bar and Lounge, Austin, Texas, 1703. In case you're in town, check them out on Instagram, check them out on Twitter, check them out by on the web, or just email them. Okay, get at them. This is a great spot. I'm uh, kind enough, I was, I was warmed up with a fire eagle. And as we're warming up with the fire eagle, we're warming up with what I think is just is is the one of the biggest fall from graces of, of all time. And that huge fall from grace is none other than Major League Two. So you have Major League, which had an 88% acceptance rate, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. What did the wonderful world of Major League Two give us from Rotten Tomatoes? If you guess 10%, you guess too much. In the land of the price is right, you overbid, overbid. So what do you got instead? That's right, go lower. Survey says lower, 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 5%, 5%. Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn, he comes back, the man who threw the heat and didn't care what was happening, he's, he's softened, he's not the same. Willie Mays Hayes, you might run like Hayes, but you hit like shit, son. And you know what? We have Randy Quaid, super fan, the ultimate, the person who is the definition of bandwagon, the definition of someone that just doesn't know what the fuck is going on. 
All right, he, he loves life at one moment, but as soon as things turn sour, what does he turn? He turns sour as well. He doesn't support many losses. I mean, this is that fair weather friend. This is, uh, this is, this is, this is the, the 90% of people out there. They love you when you're rocking it and they hate you when you're falling down. They just, they, they love to kick you when you're down. They love to lift you up as you go up. So that is it, folks. We're going to do it. Here we go. The beautiful, beautiful Corbin Burnson is in this film. Everyone gets a little soft. Everyone gets uh, wild up for what they think is wild thing. You make my heart sing. You make everything groovy. It's wild thing. Fueling us through this uh, today, not only the wonderful staff and the wonderful location of Dive Bar, but we will have... Austin Beer Works Fire Eagle warming up the larynx, if you will, and uh, keeping me light and refreshed. Let's go down. Let's kick this party off. Omar Epps. Did you guys know Omar Epps? Did you know Corbin Burnson was in this? Did you know that as well, huh? Got Charlie Sheen. You have an all-star cast, and Charlie Sheen comes out. Remember, Major League, he's in, a, he's in an orange jumpsuit, fresh out of the pen, and now he's in a suit with a beautiful tie. His tiger bloods is dried up. There's no more cocaine in Hollywood, and instead he's got a beautiful haircut, and he's ready for the first year of Two and a Half Men. Oh, just it was such a disappointment. You know, you, know, you got to think about this right there. Is, there's tons of these disappointments out there. That's just where they are. The only person who's not a disappointment, quite honestly, is the coach. The coach is saying, staying hard and true. And you know, I've been working on my impersonations, so... You know, I got Russian down, Australian, Irish, Scottish, all of those in the... Don't even have to do them because they're in the bag, right? Canadian, that's a slam dunk. Ophira, I mean, sometimes I, I, I reach out and talk to Ophira Eisenberg and uh, as, as a Canadian comic and as, as a renowned writer and talented, talented person on NPR, she will sometimes ask me, she's like, I'm sorry, am I talking to a real Canadian? I'm like, that's my accent. That's what I do. That's how I throw a curveball and fool you. Hang on to your hat. This is a legit, legit party. So with that, I got uh, I got the coaches one down. Hey Ricky, forget the curveball. Throw him the heater. There you go. That's live. That's that's real. That's you know what you're thinking. Did you just turn the volume up? Are you gonna get Are you gonna get kicked off? Are are the are the are the police gonna come out and get you? No, that was me, folks. Real deal, Holyfield. Hold on one second. Cocktail time. So, got a lot going on, and, and one of the things that um, that you you want to, you want to look at, folks, um, when you're watching this this in the in the sh in the in the summer of shitty sequels, when you get into this, right? You've got to you've got to look at, and this is something very interesting that I was going to talk to the Dick Man about because um, this is this is actually very applicable to him not showing up today, right? What is that? You get a little success. You taste a little success. You get big. You become you become an icon. You become someone that's larger than life. You sign that big contract. You get in that fancy Tesla. You start driving around. You you know you got Bud Light just running your life for you. They're just bringing in truckloads of Bud Light. You got that deep end of the pool. You don't have that regular pool. You don't have that pool that just is like three to four feet, right? No, 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 no. You got the deep end. You you could you could legit put a diving board in there. You got a waterfall and don't and what did what did we learn from TLC? Learn one thing: don't go chasing waterfalls. All right, don't do it. Do not do it. And he did. And you know what? And everyone in Major League went and uh, they went chasing waterfalls. I mean, Omar Epps is is a part down the middle of his hair. 
I don't know what the fuck is going on with that hairdo, but he has, it's right down the middle. It's like a reverse mohawk. It's like if a mohawk was dyslexic. I mean, it, it, his hair inverted down the middle. It's like he wanted to part it down the middle, but, but, he, but he couldn't. It is just atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. And then if you look at Charlie Sheen from where he came, from the lightning bolts in the back of his head, those, those jagged lines to now just this two and a half men haircut, the same haircut he's had for all his live long days, except for Major League One, it's awful. It's a sellout move. You know, but everyone who everyone who gets paid, it seems like not everyone, but most people who get paid, right? They uh, they sell out in some way. They lose out. And this is, you know, if you're looking at overarching themes of what's going to happen and what's going on, and even though this is a super shitty movie and not well acted and not well written, the overall arching theme is actually quite beautiful, right? And it, and it is. It's like you don't have to sell out. You don't. You can get paid and keep your edge. You know, you look at the people that have that have gotten paid and kept their edge, right? You look at someone, and all they do is they they, they grow in popularity. You look at a Sam Tripoli, right? Who is, who is who has kept his own and fought his own way, and he's figured out the most difficult way to do anything. And guess what? Sam's blowing it up with tinfoil hat. You look at Joe Rogan, who wouldn't sell out, right? He just would not sell out. He he became his own man, became his own media empire. Did not sell out. But that's a rare, rare thing. You got to look at all the other people that, that were edgy, that were cutting, that were doing something so different, and then they got paid and they sold out. They just sold out. They left it alone. They walked away. They went from the gritty edge and, and what they came could become, and instead just became a soft shell of who they were, hoping to run. And, and, and change the dynamic of anything that was happening around them. And folks, let me tell you, it's, I mean, listen, the, the, the movie kicks off this way, and it's, it's, a, it's perfect, right? Willa Mays Hayes, you run like Mays, but you hit like shit. And what, he comes back as a leadoff man who's just supposed to get on base and run. He's like, I put some weight on, and guess what? I'm crushing balls. I'm knocking them out of the park. Out of the park. He's changed his game up a little bit, right? He's he doesn't want to run anymore. Running's hard. Stealing bases is hard. Hitting homers, I can jog around. I don't have to work as hard. I don't have to manufacture runs. I can just pop them out of the park. And we learned from you know the beautiful and wonderful Mark McGuire that hey, listen, ladies love the long ball, but in loving the long ball, he had to roll it up to get there, right? And uh, we got to get a wonder. Listen, no one's making Willie Mays Hayes piss in a cup, but if you did. Shit's bright green. It's neon green. He is the Hulk. He's got to do that because he's got to make up for a shitty acting career, for sure. You know, you got Ricky Vaughn. He's sold out as well. Man, he's uh, throwing just a couple of pitches, trying to save his arm, trying to figure out who he can be, what he can be, what he should do. I mean, it's just, it's, it's deplorable. All of it is absolutely deplorable, you know? And, and, and one of the over, overarching themes that comes into this, right, is not only that you are, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to give up a little bit. You're going to give that you have to give something up, right? Or you, there's a theory that maybe you have to give something up in order to, to continue with success. Maybe that's there, but more than likely it's not, right? I mean, more, more than they also, they bring in the ladies. They bring in the lady that's missed and they bring in the lady he's got, 
the lady he's missed and the lady he's got and and, and the um, the distraction of of religion the distraction of women and the distraction of money right so this is where this let's break these down right so we've got You've got you've got our, our, our big Serrano hitter from last year, right? Shaving his head with a knife. Who was also the president in '24 and is now selling insurance. But before he sold insurance, he was knocking balls out of the park, party people, and knocking balls out of the park with anger. And now he's this monk. He's gotten the softer side of Sears, and he is he's looking at things, right? And religion is changing. Now you look at people. And you look at where religion changed. Let's let's look at a very famous case. So we take a drink, and we're going to look at a very very famous case. Hold on. When did religion change? Well, religion changed none other, changed them good and bad, none other than our friend Larry Flint. Look what happened when Larry Flint got a little smoochy smoochy with Jimmy Carter. Yeah, all of a sudden Hustler changed. Hustler went from one of the most de deplorable. And also interesting pornographic magazines of all time. I mean, you've got a guy who is showing you things that, I mean, you only the French dreamed of. And this guy's got, he's putting it on paper. He's putting it on wax, son. I mean, listen, if you want to, before there was a piss fetish, Larry Flint was having girls piss on people and taking pictures of it. He was, he was insane. And then he got pretty close to Jimmy Carter. He got close to religion. And did religion change him? Sure. Now, he could have gone 100% John Mayer, your body is a wonderland, and just kept it going and say, this is what God created, so let's make it happen. Or he could have done, or he could have tried to max him his, uh, his uh, hustler, you know, like Playboy did, right? Playboy's like, no, no more nudity. I mean, they did it for a weird reason. Larry Flint did it because, well, he found religion. And then when walking into a courtroom, and here's the flip of the coin, some religious nutbag shot him, paralyzed him, and then he said, oh, you thought you thought what I did was dirty before? You, really? I'm going to make two girls in one cup seem like a seem like a Girl Scout troop. All right. We're going to get down and dirty, son. This is going to this is going to get to a, a, a totally, totally different level. That's all it's going to do. And that's what happened. Right. So there you see where like religion just jumped in and changed forward and backwards, created progress and ugh, destruction, progress and destruction. Right, and then you you look at wealth the same way, man. I mean, one of the one of the beautiful things about money, one of the beautiful things about alcohol, the, one of the reasons why I don't trust anyone who really doesn't drink. If you hear that light thumping in the background, you're thinking, "Whoa, what's going on? Are the neighbors making some sweet, gentle love against the wall?" No, there's some construction. Chill out, folks. But when you look at uh, you know, like, like you don't trust people who don't drink. You know, and everyone's like, "Well, you you gotta kind of." It's like, listen, don't trust people that don't drink. And why? Very simple. Drinking liberates you to a capacity where you let go of inhibitions and you really show who you are. So if you're kind of a prick, you know, you can really become a prick when you're drunk. Or you can be kind of a prick like me and then all of a sudden just decide, eh, you know what, super nice guy when I'm drunk. But it, it highlights your insecurities. It also allows people to really see who you are when your guard is down, when you're not trying to impress them in some capacity. And that is, it's, it's a vulnerability, that, a state of vulnerability that, that you need to get to. And success can hide or, or um, cloud that air of, of vulnerability to a point to where you may not see it, right? So, so you can, the success can hide those vulnerable spots and you can overplay those other spots. You can, you can really just, 
you can show, you, you, can, you don't have to show, you can be that Fabergé egg that's beautiful on the outside and there's nothing on the inside and wealth can do that and, and you see a lack of depth in people where that happens, right? You get, you get instant success and you go from who you are to what you think you should be based on money, right? So you go from who you are to what you think you should be and really who you should be is you. You got to you got to be you. You got to go after. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we don't edit this podcast. We don't do anything like that, and instead, we run after everything full circle, full tilt, and don't care. And sometimes we say ridiculous shit, but who cares if you're saying ridiculous shit? It sometimes just has to be said. Sometimes the most ridiculous things spawn out into some of the most creative things. I mean, the ridiculousness of talking over a movie that's playing silently in the background, right? And going after things well that is ridiculous but it spawned and it spawned a lot of fun conversations with a lot of amazing people some of those people i'm going to go see when i'm in los angeles next week it's going to be absolutely amazing so let's get back to this movie here you have one of the most you know i would say amazing ticks for a player you've got our new catcher for Major League Two, and he is, uh, he can't really, he can throw first, he can throw second, he can throw third, but getting it to the pitcher is uh, is somewhat of a difficulty. So what does he do? He does what any gentleman does. He first, he reads Playboy, because he's a Hugh Hefner gentleman. He's a man who can be in a bathrobe, comfortable, 24-7, anywhere you want to be, anytime you want to be, A. B, he is also thinking he also reads the articles. Now, this has, of course, been a long-time joke for a lot of people, right, is, hey, um, you know, I got, I got Playboy for the articles. And this was back when, I mean, I mean, this has been going on forever, even through the, the bleached hair days, right, where you have, you know, Jenny McCarthy with beautiful blonde hair, and all of a sudden, a push, push in the bush, don't step on your corns, they might get smushed. Oh, she has a dark brown bush. And you're like, what happened? Does just hair grow different? I remember looking at thinking, oh, hair grows different. No, 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 no. See, I didn't read the article. I didn't know she was bleaching her hair. Blonde, just upstairs, not downstairs. Yeah, those real things happen. But he, he reads the articles. He goes after him. He goes in depth. He understands that Tammy from Tampa, that she likes crocodile wrestling. She likes fishing. She likes Murphy's Law. Great TV show. And she's also a big fan of Gone with the Wind. He memorizes everything about these ladies. And, I, you know, for those that don't know, uh, back in the day, there was a, uh, in Playboy, you had the centerfold, but next to the centerfold, you had this biopic. And you've got to think writers in and of themselves, probably very, you know, very, very interestingly right there, these writers were um, creating scenarios uh, for, uh, for the people. They were, they were like, all right, so we got Tammy from Tampa. Okay, I like that. Uh, well, her name's Beth. She's Tammy from Tampa now, okay? We, we like the rum. We like the way it goes. we got to figure out some things that she's going to like to make her look normal, right? And when, is she, and, when and how is she going to look normal? What's that going to look like? Well, let's see. Our major demographic, men. Okay, so she's got to do some pseudo-manly things, but then we'll figure it out from there, right? So uh, does she like to fish? She does like to fish. Yeah, of course she likes to fish. Who doesn't like to fish? Let's get her fishing 100%. So you get her fishing, and then what else you got to do? Well, you've got you've to move from, from fishing to, ooh, well, you got to get sexy now too, right? So does she like to sunbathe? Yeah. There's a picture, of course, of her sunbathing. 
probably 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 naked right so she's you got a picture of her sunbathing naked and then inside of that what else you got Ooh, yes yeah, so we got sunbathing we've got fishing you know what I bet she wants to be a nurse because who doesn't want Tammy from Tampa taking care of you you get you break all this down you can get deep on this but more than likely it's two interns in the back having fun trying to make fun of some girl who's trying to seem relative to someone in a picture next to or in a biopic that's next to a picture that's shown her butthole. This is the amazing thing about porn is that men will suspend their disbelief and they'll be like, first of all, that is a great little burnt Cheerio she's got right there. And secondly, what I find fascinating and captivating is that she likes to fish and she's going to be a nurse. You know, and I'm glad I bought this because I like to fish, so maybe I'll see her out there fishing. Or when I am fishing, if I get injured and I'm in the Tampa area, she could be my nurse. And that's when I get to tell her that I love her. And that's when I get to tell her, you got a cute butthole. And that's when I get to tell her all the wonderful things that she's done to impact and make my life better. Who doesn't want that? Who in their right mind, who, 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 who doesn't want that? Playboy did a great job with that. Playboy also saved this catcher's career by allowing him to recite all of that information on those ladies so that he can throw it back to the picture so his mind is removed. And uh, in, the, in, the, in the idea of removing one's mind, hold on one second, cocktail. In the idea of removing one's mind, you know, and they, Major League One did a, did a great job of this where, you know, Ricky Vaughn needed glasses, he was the wild thing, he was throwing the heat, Ricky, forget the curveball throw the heat right you did all that you got that you've, you've got his, his love for the kids you've, you've got everything going on here but what keeps getting in the way what you know is 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 the mind think about how you sabotage think about what happens in, in the sabotage of this in the craziness where your big brain gets in the way it just does. I mean, his brain's in the way, and you got to think of a distraction. You got to think of things that are different that that show parallels and insights about what's happening and what's going on that will change how you think and what you do and what's going to happen, right? Uh, and and where you know, let's say you're at dive bar and you, you you see a pretty lady. Now, you could just start up a conversation, right? You could, or you could buy her a drink. There's lots of things you could do. But you're more than likely your brain is going to get in the way, right? Your brain's going to step in the way because you're going to think, man, how can I knock this out of the park? You know, and sometimes knocking it out of the park has less to do with the one-liner and then she's won over. And it has more to do with being yourself and who you are and what's happening. You let that brain get in the way, son. You let that brain get in the way. You know, Vaughn's letting the brain get in the way, man. He's he's thinking more about his image, more about the pitch, more about what's going on. Ooh, she handed him the leather jacket, right? That piece of him, that that id, that that wild side that was left behind. Hands him that. He's got to remember now. Now he's got a piece, right? He's got a piece of reflection. He's got to remember now. Am I suit and tie guy with the suit and tie girl in her pantsuit as she's trying to make me rich? Or am I back with the kids, having some fun, doing some different things? What am I? Where am I? Right? So you got religion, sex, you got the brain, and you know, you got the ladies. You know, and those and that's the, the you know, that is um 
And ladies, you got the man. Don't listen. I'm not trying to say that it's all men's fault in any way, shape, or form, right? I'm just saying that um, for this instance, for this show, for what's going on, you got the ladies, and uh, and they uh, they're the final straw that uh, that gets in the way. You've got the lady owner, right? Uh, and you have you got Vaughn's girl, right? Um, you know, and then you've got the you've got the catcher's girl. Now she's supportive; she's not getting in the way. But the other two are. I mean, listen, the owner lady is a class A bitch, and the year prior, right? They worked so hard, so hard, uh, where you got to strip her down every time they won a game to get to the playoffs. And uh, now she's stepping in again, and that's you know, that's the same old hat, unfortunately, right? Is it? It's the and it, and it runs the same old script. Spoiler alert, right? You're super good. You get bad. And then um, after you get bad, then you claw back, and then you're good. I mean, look at the Blues, right? The Blues just ran this. They just ran this. They just did this epic playoff run, and in this playoff run, they went from worst to first. That's just how how it goes. And in, um, and in and in worst to first, right? What does it what does it look like? What does worst to first look like for you? What does it look like for them? You know, I mean, this is this is the whole point of, 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 of worst to first, and it's just it's it's the sad old story. Now it works in hockey playoffs one hundred percent because you're watching it live. It fails in the movies if you do it two times in a row, eighty eight percent five percent summer of shitty sequels because. We already know what happens, right? The difference is, is that you went from worst to first in the first one with a bunch of scrubs who found a way to be a team and come back together again, and now you're worst to first and they're the same scrubs, they just got paid? I mean, this is where this movie falls the fuck apart. Absolutely falls apart. Speaking of people falling apart, can we give a, can we give a little nod to a man who's been in more horrible sequels probably than well, I think he's right up there with uh, with Jean-Claude Van Damme and all of his sequels, and uh, let's go Steven Seagal and all of his sequels. You gotta go Randy Quaid. I mean, one, bat shit fucking crazy. Randy Quaid is crazy, crazy. I mean, this dude believes he has been abducted by aliens. He sees a world out there that no one else sees, right? I mean, he is batshit crazy. He has gotten kicked out of homes. He has moved to Canada. He's got kicked out. I mean, when you get kicked out of countries, when people are like, nah, man, I mean, it's not that I don't want you. Our country doesn't want you, right? He's crazy. Now, he plays that crazy person. You, you, you have to create an argument in your mind or a thought process in your mind that goes, when I see Randy Quaid in all the vacations, when I see him in, um, in Major League Two, in Major League, when I see him out and about when he did his own Christmas vacation and he's just weird as fuck and he's worried, he's talking about that metal plate in his head. Is that real? Is that a real thing? I mean, is he really just that fucking dumb and crazy? And the answer is yes. I mean, he and his wife are nut fucking bags. Absolute nutbags. Just, you can't believe it. I mean, it's just, it's fascinating and awesome. All at the same time. Hold on one second. Drink time. Fire is delicious. So, you know, so I, I think you really, you see the, um, the duplicitous personality and, and the world, the crazy world that he lives in, where... He's, I mean, the, the fan role, right? He is this crazy, awesome fan, and then he's this piece of shit. 
and he hates everything about them, even when they start winning, and hates it all. And that might really be him in real life, especially when you start doing research about this guy and all the shit he's gone through. I mean, he is fucking crazy. But, you know, it is what it is. You gotta, you gotta take the crazy. You've gotta think in some capacity, right? All actors and actresses in some way, let's just call them actors across the board, in some way are, in and of themselves, nuts. Because you live in this world, you live in this idea, in this concept, where he, uh, ooh, Willie Mays Hayes, not quite out of the park, son. Not quite out of the park. That park got a little bit longer by about 10 feet. A little bit longer. But you do have to, you do have to wonder about actors and actresses, right? I mean, you have Charlie Sheen's epic runs, right? You have, um, you have Randy Quaid, who we just talked about. Uh, you know, you, you're living in a world where people are determining your success based on if they like your personality or the way that you portray fake personalities. In fact, it's more about the portrayal of fake personalities than anything else. And in that portrayal of fake personalities, how fake, how good is your fake versus the good fake of the other fake? Right? And where do you where do you live and die in this whole lexicon of personalities? You know, then who are you? Oh wait, you don't matter. You don't matter. Now other people matter. In fact, your fake personalities matter most. They matter more than anything else in the world. Your fake personalities are the jam of all jams. Why? Because it's not you. Because I don't actually want to see you. Now, when you start telling people that at an age, at a young age, at the middle, or at the, you know, at the at the end of their lives, whatever that may be, that's gonna fuck with your head, man. That's gonna make you seem and be a little crazy. So, you, you, you know, I mean, I jokingly tell, you know, say that Randy Quaid is fucking crazy, and he is, he's fucking crazy, but all of them are fucking crazy because they live in a life that just is absolutely, positively, 100% fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy, folks. You don't get it. This thing that is happening, right, this this whole idea, this concept of, of, of putting people in, in, in not just a bubble, I mean, you, you gotta think, is, you, is your brain built and is your body and is culture and society, should it be built on the fact that you're only liked and loved, not based on who you are, but instead based on who you can be at any given time and that when you're that person, I get to then recall that person and in recalling that person, I expect you to act like and be like that person. Is that where it's at? Is that is that what's going on? Well. Shit, that's, that's exactly the world we live in, man. It's exactly the world we're living in right now. That's crazy to think about. So yeah, they're fucking nuts, right? It's, it fucks with your head, man. It fucks with your head. And in fucking with their head, get you know, and, and we'll talk about it because it's here. You know, you're talking about sports. Talk about what's happening with uh, with sports and what's what's going on. It's the same thing. Look at what happens. So, you know, you got uh, Kevin Durant, Pops his Achilles. Man, Pop goes the weasel and the weasel goes Pop. You see it in Sports Center. Side note, just for whatever it's worth. Not all of us are fucking doctors, so I don't need to do the slow-mo of seeing Kevin Durant's Achilles pop so that through his sock and through his tights I can watch that thing just rattle right up to his to the back of his knee and have them go, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, and watch it just brrr, there it goes. Fucking amazing. I don't need to see any of that shit. Alright? No one does. So you do the slow motion of the ankle breaks, you do the slow motion of the knee buckle, you do any any of that shit. No one needs to see that in slow-mo, right? I'm not trying to throw up at home. I'm not on some weird 
purging diet plan. All right, I need, I don't need any of that shit. But you guys show it. I don't know why. I don't unless you just like let's make some people throw up. Let's make some people throw up. Let's make them, let's make them throw up. That's exactly what you fucking did. But when that happened, what was the response of Toronto? That um, what was the response from Toronto? Well, the response was simple, man. It was super simple. They uh, they cheered, right? Because at that moment, he was not a person. He was not an injured man. He was not someone who actually sacrificed more than anyone else sacrificed. And in the idea of doing, in the idea of playing the game, right? He he sacrificed it all, and for what? I mean, he he lived a meatloaf song. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Well, he did that. And instead of people coming together and instead of them really bringing out and understanding what's going on and instead of any of that happening, what did he do? Right? What did he do? They just thought they all, they all cheered that a man got hurt because they didn't see him as a man. They saw him as a, as, as a, as a basketball player and as a competitor that could beat them got lost in something and and this happens all the time I mean it happens most of course in in in, in youth sports you know uh, one of my favorite you know Euchre gets out here I, I love this as, as an announcer and if I was an announcer and if you know as I was gonna ask Jason Dick about this but he's not here. I don't know if you guys heard Jason Dick's not here right um, you know they're uh, he's, he's not here and he's not he's not um, his Tesla battery went dead Affluence bit him in the ass. <laughs> He's going to be pissed when he hears this. He's like, you know what? Yeah, your affluence bit you in the ass, motherfucker. Listen, living all that high life, doing all those crazy things. This is the world you live in, my man. This is the, you know what? I don't, listen, no one likes it, Jason. No one likes it, okay? When your affluence comes to get you. See, this is why old gas-powered cars are always going to win. This is why, okay? Because they don't. You know, you can run out of gas, but that's a thing from back in the day when you couldn't find a fucking gas station. Now, whoo, doggy. I mean, now it's now it's your battery running. You can get gas anytime you want. The only reason you run out of gas, you run out of cash or credit or both. Right? That's the only reason that shit happens. Otherwise, not going to happen. Not going to happen at all. So Affluence bit him in the ass. We couldn't hear. But I was going to ask him about drinking on the air. What that's like. I mean, we drink on the air all the time, right? Every time we're doing a podcast, we're having drinks. We're having cocktails. Uh, we are. We're enjoying ourselves. That's why, you know, that we're always honored to uh, to come here to Dive Bar because they are so kind to uh, hook us up with a, with a fresh cold one and, uh, and really uh, lube up the conversation, if you will, right? And you're like... This is and this is a rare one where we're at a uh, where we're at dive bar and I'm doing a solo. I mean, listen, double rarity uh, with uh, with the dick man not being able to uh, to make it due to his affluence. Due to his affluence, it's so crazy. But in that, right? I mean, you, just, you know, you, you gotta lube it up. You gotta you, you have fun. But I'm wondering. So Euchre drinks and he starts with beers and he moves from beers to uh, to whiskey. Then he moves from a shot of whiskey to cup of whiskey to a glass of whiskey to a bottle of whiskey and uh, you've got to wonder and now I know that he's gotten in, the dick man's gotten in trouble in the past for maybe perhaps rumor has it um, has had a, uh, a sip of a cocktail near or on air and I don't know what those I don't know what those rules are 
But I would think your interviews and the uh, the whole time would be better. I mean, obviously, this podcast is better with alcohol. We did one a couple weeks ago where it was early, early in the morning, and uh, in that early morning shot, what happened? Oh, that's right, I did coffee. And all I did was to talk a lot faster, a little like this, and it was shit. I mean, it wasn't shit, but it's not as fun as when you have a cocktail. I mean, let's be honest. It's just, it's it's not the same thing, you know. Uh, there's certain things I think you should be able to do booze with and, and get some more honesty out of people, right? The news, I, I need you a little, I don't need you drunk to do the news, but I need you to have a couple cocktails. I need you to have one or two beers, for sure. Acting, listen, you're on something anyways. There's there's no way you're not on something if you're acting. That's that's 100% accurate. And uh, what else? We've got, we got acting. We've got the news, uh, any radio or podcast broadcast, you know, I mean, podcasting, no one's telling you the rules. You just drink, you just go ahead and have some fun. Things uh, you don't want to be doing while you're drinking, well, obviously driving, right? That's silly. But some some fun stuff. Um, I don't need my doctor boozy. I don't want him loosened up, right? I kind of need him on the, I, I need him to be a little bit of an asshole on the tight. Uh, any professional athlete, pitcher, basketball. Beer gets bubbly, you know, I was down in a, LA last year in the summertime having some fun goofing off and I was with uh, my dear friend Regan and Regan and I are playing basketball and we uh, in, in our in our basketball time uh, when I was demolishing that young man right when I was just when I was, was scoring on him with what some may consider ease I just consider a Wednesday afternoon when that was happening uh, one of the, you know one of the great things was is that we had had he had had, some, had a beer that afternoon and he threw it right up. Why? Bubbly beer. Gets in the system, bubbles around. Now, would a shot of tequila done that as well? Eh, I'm gonna guess yes. I'm gonna guess anything. And as you running, I mean, booze is built for a couple of things. It's built for dark dive bars on sunny days for the Irish who don't wanna catch on fire or just anyone, anyone out there avoiding skin cancer. Come to dive bar. Listen, you get to see outside. I get to see the sun. Like today, Austin, Texas, beautiful sunny day. I get to look out and I get to see. I'm like, oh, you know, that's so pretty. That's so nice. Look at what's going on there. That's gorgeous. But I'm still, I'm protected. Guess what? I'm not getting skin cancer. Guess why? Because I'm in dive bar, hanging out, having a cold one, relaxing, enjoying, watching Major League Two. Shitty summer sequel. Oh, it's fucking awful. But I'd rather do that than be out there potentially getting skin cancer and dying. You don't want that. Oh, so see the benefits of drinking? You see where that drinking pops in, where it plays well? Plus, I get to see all these people walk by, and there's just craziness going on around us 24-7. So, folks, let's get into one more thing here that we really want to jump, jump into. And that is uh, the Cleveland Indians. And it's um, two, two things. One... This is a, a franchise, if you will, that's from Cleveland, right? Uh, whose tagline, I believe Cleveland's tagline is, we're not Detroit. Mm, I mean, you're not, but you're still also a cesspool shithole of a town, even though you have an average team. And by average, I mean, you know, Cleveland Indians average. And you used to have a good team. And by good, uh, you had the best player in the world at one point in time, LeBron James, playing basketball for you. Right? So you had all of that going on. And all of that going on, what else did you get? Nothing. Oh, it's just, I mean, Cleveland, we're not Detroit. That's like, you know, someone who has herpes and their tagline is, I don't have AIDS. 
You know, it's, it's, it's not it's not how you win, folks. This is not how you win in w any way, shape, or form. But the uh, the Indians are, have been a laughing stock of, of baseball. They came close once. They, they brought up Nolan Ryan, right? Um, they, they, they made it to the World Series and lost, and Nolan pitched just a couple too many games. So they have uh, they've been a laughing stock, and then you know Major League, may you know gave false hope. I mean Major League and and Major League Two are the same false hope for Cleveland that Rocky is for Philadelphia, right? I mean Philly, you have a statue of a person that's a character that never really existed in real life. In fact, some would argue a stolen character from boxing itself. That Sylvester Stallone stole a character from boxing and created a fake movie in Philly for you fucking weirdos and your Philly cheesesteaks, you know, so that you could have something to cheer about because your Eagles suck, right? Your 76ers suck. And uh, now you gotta, have a, you gotta have a fake boxer to put a statue up for? You, you couldn't put a statue up for Allen Iverson, so you gotta put a statue up for Rocky? Stop. You know, in Cleveland, the same way. Cleveland, your, your Indians are so bad, so absolutely atrocious, that you had to make a movie to make them good. To make them good. And then on top of that, your logo, super racist, right? And oh, Randy Quaid has turned. He's turned. This is, this is the beautiful moment. This is, this is the dad in the stands who doesn't like the call from the ref. This is this is that the, the the fan out there that that all of a sudden is just tired of the losing, gone, signed, sealed, delivered, gone. And Randy's flipped. He's flipped the script. And there's nothing wrong with flipping the script, right? I mean, you have, when you flip the script, what happens? You lose it, man. You're a little too invested. These are the people. The people who lose it are also the people who said, "I can't believe we lost." You're like, "I'm sorry, who lost? Oh, we lost." Who's we, champ? You don't play on the team. In fact, if anything, you uh, you don't do any of that nonsense. You know what you do? You you watch from your television. Now you might be a fan, you might buy some gear, but that doesn't make you an owner, an investor, or a player. I mean, at some point, right? It's like know your role, stay in your lane, and stay in your lane as a fan. Stay in your lane as a fan of a team, or stay in your lane as a fan of a player, or both, right? But stay in your lane. Get out there and get after it, folks. Get out there and get after it, but get after it in a respectful way. I mean, Randy Quaid is, you know, people are like, oh, I can't believe someone would, would react that way. So you can't believe someone would react that way? Are you fucking kidding me? You've gone to a Little League game? You've gone to a soccer game for kindergartners? Have you done anything around any psycho parent or psycho fan at all? Have you gone to one, and uh, forgive me for this, but you know, especially as the people that we've got listening, you've done one, one UT game. Every fan in that stadium believes that they're also playing on the field with those players. It's psychosis. Uh, listen, the tailgating's fun, the drinking's fun, the food is fantastic. Then you need to walk away from the UT fan because when the game starts, it gets crazy, right? Some of them went to school there. That's just what goes on. It's absolutely fucking insane. Boom. So uh, there you go. There's 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 my take on on psycho fans and, and the turn of Randy Quaid. I wanna I wanna do one thing. I wanna give a random shout out here. We're gonna break away from the movie for a hot second. So um, 
in this in this craziness, right? Uh, we were uh, I was looking at some stuff and looking over the SoundCloud numbers. That's right, like 99 downloads uh, as of now. But more importantly, hey Sydney, who's in Sydney, Florida? We've got uh, we've got a new batch of listeners in Sydney, Florida, and I was wondering. I was just like, man, what the hell is Sydney, Florida? Where is Sydney, Florida? And uh, and what's what do we do with with uh, with Sydney, Florida? So I, I tried to look up Sydney, Florida, because <clears throat> I'm excited, right? Anytime we get a new batch, we had we had a big jump from Newport Beach, California, but everyone knows where Newport is. Of course, we've got love here in Austin, Texas, Houston, Texas. Uh, Canada, oddly enough, which I can't believe that, but hey, thanks for listening, Canada. Uh, we've had some from South Korea, we've had Africa, we've had Mexico. Um, we've had some different areas. We've had a lot of fun in different areas, but Sydney, Florida is the first where I've looked and I just, I didn't recognize anything about it at all. And so uh, while, while we're going after stuff, I'm, I'm looking at him as the coach is going to give his speech on why they're failing and what's going on. Their best player has been traded, you know, and, and, and everyone's no one's playing well. And he's going to he's going to go over the excuses of life. And we're going to get into some of the best excuses of life of why you don't do shit. Let's look at Sydney, Florida first. Right. So. Sydney is located uh, to the center, is the center of Florida, right? Uh, it's it's in that Tampa area. So I, I guess for for those you know who don't know Tampa or, or Sydney, it's it's near a shithole. Tampa, not you, Sydney. I love you, but there's not one fucking listener in Tampa. You're all in Sydney, so I'm going to celebrate Sydney. But I'm going to assume Tampa, the only place where you can bedazzle your golf shirt and your golf shorts, and put dimes in your penny loafer as a joke. Uh, you got to you got to get after it, right? So, hey Sydney, good job. I'm I'm so happy for you. Um, accommodations. We're gonna look at the the hotels in the uh, <clears throat> in the Sydney area because Sydney's small, right? They are in the area code the eight one three, the eight one eight Detroit Avenue. No, the eight one three Hillsborough County, Florida, in the Tampa Saint Petersburg Clearwater area, which is very interesting to me, right? I mean, it's like, come on, man, Sydney. I love all you new listeners, and of course your your Travel USA site is down. So I can't even I can't even recommend someone a hotel. Sydney, get back at me. Talking during movies podcast at gmail.com. Someone from Sydney, get at me and uh, let me know where some good places are to stay. And once you get a group of you guys together, wrangle up a couple of your dollar bills, right? Just wrangle it up and then uh, bring us into Sydney and we'll stay out here. I'm going to get on. I'm going to hotels.com and let's find out where we can stay. So Jason, Dick and I, you fly us out there, um, you know, of course, first class. We're gentlemen. All right. We want to come in rested, stretched out and hopefully a little boozy. And we can make it a day trip. Listen, we can leave first thing in the morning, first class on a on a on a weekend. Let's do a Saturday. Here, here's the fun. We'll do a double. We'll do it. Let's, let's call it a double header. I like this, right? Dickman comes back from his trips in Europe, and on a Saturday, you fly us out. First flight in the morning, 6 a.m. out of Austin. It's going to be an hour and a half flight to Trampa, Tampa. We meet you at your favorite local morning bar. We do a show in Sydney, right? Do the show in Sydney, turn around, party with you guys all afternoon, get back on a flight, fly back. First stop, Dive Bar and Lounge, Austin, Texas. 
We'll have some drinks here. We'll do a couple of Dick Man specials. That's a tall Bud Light and a shot of Crown for you uneducated. We'll have some fun. But if you wanted us to spend the night and party with you all night, I am going to recommend uh, something that's all of your hotels right now that I'm looking at are two and a half stars. Sydney, we got to work on your um, your hotel world. Let's see here. I got three stars. There we go. So you're, we're going to go on the share. No, that's, that's Tampa. I guess everything is like Hilton, Tampa, Brandon. So we'll do, uh, we'll do three and a half stars. We'll do the Sheraton or the Embassy Suites. So we like. But I'd, I'd, I'd really like it if you guys picked a hotel with a nice bar in it where you could meet us after the show because there's nothing better than partying at a, um, at a hotel bar. There's, there's absolutely nothing better. So Sydney, get on that. All our new listeners there, get on that. We will come out and visit. You guys bring us out. We'll come out. We'll come out on a Saturday, but let's do it this summer. Absolutely, let's do it this summer. One of the things, and I know I've talked about this in the past, but for our new Sydney listeners, right? Because it's just, I mean, listen, when you when we get a bump as big that SoundCloud all of a sudden calls out a city and says, hey, just want to let you guys know these people are there and uh, and they're listening, you know, you've got to, you, you really need to um, to, to pay attention and, 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 and say thank you. So thank you to everyone in Sydney. Keep sharing, uh, you know, rate review. But one of the things, and subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe, right? It's the two R's and the S. I wish we had another R for subscribe. Maybe there's a, a thesaurus master out there that can come up with that. But uh, one of the things I, and I want to talk about, and this is a little side thing, but this is going to get into something bigger. So let's just let's follow down the rabbit hole for a minute, if you don't mind, as as um, Uger's getting uh, hammered and passing over the reins to someone who's drinking a Pepsi. Ugh. I wonder how much Pepsi paid to be in this shit sequel. Uh, you know what I didn't look at is in Major League, was Pepsi, the, was Pepsi the drink in Major League? I don't know if it was, but the fact that they're in Major League 2 only shows where Pepsi and Coke differ, right? So Coke owns like 80% of the market, Pepsi owns 10%, and the other soft drinks, you know, they split up the rest. And that is, then you think about the swing and the tragedy of everything that happens here when it comes to this, and you're absolutely correct. It's, it's the same goddamn thing, right? You've got 80% win, and then 5%. 88% to 5%. Boom. Look at that. Think about that for a minute. 88 to 5, that is the Pepsi Coke swing. And what does Pepsi do? They co-sign on. They're like, yeah, let's do this shit. Woo! You know, and it's, it's awful. It's absolutely fucking atrocious. But so is Pepsi. So, and for all you fans that are Pepsi, hopefully none of you in Sydney, suck a bag of dicks. Uh, drink a beer. Be an adult. All right. Have a have a have a real. Don't put that sugar in you. That sugar is going to kill you. All right. It's awful for you. Now, I'm not saying beer is great for you, but in the grand scheme of things, do I want to enjoy an ice cold beer? Or do I want to have a Pepsi or Pepsi Clear or Diet Pepsi or caffeine free Diet Pepsi? or Pepsi Max, or Pepsi Cherry, or Pepsi Dr. Pe- I don't know what the fuck else. I mean, Pepsi makes 9,000 different things just to try to please someone out there. I don't need any of them, all right? You know, you need a beer. And guess what? You can be like, oh, Jason, I can argue about all the different kinds of beer out there. Yeah, you can. You can be a dummy to do it because all you have to break it down to is lager, IPA, ale, stout. Just pick one of those. And when you come in, guess what you do? You look at a bartender, you go to dive, you come in to dive, and you're like, hey, what would you like? It's like, you know, what was that uh, IPA Jason was uh, drinking the other day on the show? Oh, Stash? He, he's had Stash before, but he really likes that Fire Eagle as well. Uh, both local because he supports local drinking. That's all you gotta do. Guess what's not local? Pepsi. You wanna, you wanna support Pepsi? Go to where Pepsi's made. In fact, you name where Pepsi's made. We know where Coke's made. Atlanta, Georgia, son. Bam. Pepsi, shithole, who knows? 
For all I know, Pepsi's made in someone's garage somewhere in Canada. Right? We don't get enough. We do get quite a few listeners in Canada. So Canada, I know I pick on you guys. This is just a little bit. But, um, you know, in, in all of that nonsense, all of that nonsense, what we want to get back to is, um, is the, uh, where we left off, where, before I got crazy, before I lost out on everything, before I lost my mind drinking Pepsi. Once, once again, second place, man. I mean, I'm glad you're getting love right now, Pepsi. I might send you guys a fucking bill, right? But, you know, it's second place. You got you to gotta step up a little bit. Here we go. We got we got we got the we got Euchre. He's back. He's sobered up. He's got his uh, he's got his A-frame shirt on, ribbed for his pleasure, and uh, commentating on a fight. You've got you've got to love the versatility of him, right? You've got to love the versatility of someone that comes in, looks at something, and can instantly break it down. He's used to calling sports, whether he's sober or drunk, and now all of a sudden it's boxing. He's like, I don't care. Listen, he's keeping his left arm down a little bit. You got it going on. So. This is what many will call the turning point. The turning point of, of, the, of the show and the turning point of, of who you are <clears throat> as a person, right? So, and who you are as a team. Willie Mays Hayes goes by the catcher who just got injured and goes, hey man, lucky for you, got hurt, you don't have to play. Right? And they're thinking about their, he's thinking about his reputation, he's thinking about playing for a losing team, he's thinking about how he's come up short, and his character assassination, instead of being on himself, is on the team itself. <clears throat> you get this young buck, Mr. Baker, strong number 11, comes in and what does he do? He talks about the dream of playing, right? He talks about the dream of playing. And, and this, is, this, this is the hook. Now, if you look at this, this is the hook on, on, on the cinema side that comes back to when our new uh, Asian outfielder tells Serrano that he has no balls. And you're like, oh, Jason's getting back to the language. I'm coming back to the language. Now that, you know, culturally, Serrano's like, hey, listen, you can't say I don't have balls. I mean, I might be a peaceful Buddhist monk who doesn't like to swing the bat for fear of hitting a gnat, but you can't say I don't have balls. Right? And, this go, and, this, and this goes back to the tomfoolery and the fun of, of what it is, you know, let's beat their brains in and no one understands what he says in Japanese. And, you know, this is an early adopter to, okay, how are we bringing the the Japanese into this and, and how, how they've come in and played. And Baker's coming in and he's going to struggle it out, man. He's, But there's a turning point here of, of, of passion and desire and a remedy and a reminder. And you've got to think to yourself, right? Passion, desire, remedy, reminder. You look at that and you think about what's going on and, and I mean, he's got, a, he's got a hurt ankle and he runs it out. He runs it out. But he still needs help. You get the team coming back, right? This is the turning point for this. Where's your turning point? What are you doing? Where's where's your passion? Where's where's your desire? What's going on out there that, that you think you need, right? And then and of course the most ridiculous thing comes. But in life, the most ridiculous things happen. You know, when, when you think about turning points, whether you're in a championship or or whether you're part of a losing team that's turning around a winning team, the St. Louis St. St. Louis Blues, right? What whatever it may be. Here comes the ridiculous, and the ridiculous is just that, fucking ridiculous. We're going to have Willie Mays Hayes, runs like Hayes, it's like shit, right? We're going to have him just steal all the bases. He's going to get the jump on first, right? He's going to come in, he's going to help out, and then to second, slide in. Courage, transition, aggressiveness. That's all it is, man. That's all it is. Now, of course, this is just ridiculous. It's a movie, and... 
You know, it's the same fucking theme that happened in the first one. People are tired of it, and it shows that they're tired of it because 5% versus 88, right? 5% versus 88, he's going to steal third. Here we go. But what it should do, if, if anything, in the summer of shitty sequels, what it should do is be like, hey, as shitty as everything is, and as bad as it may be, and everything that's going on, and everything that's happening, as shitty as it may be, what, can we at least pull something away from it? Can we pull something more away from it than the fact that there was bad acting, bad storyline, repetitive storyline, and uh, a team that is built up on on the fact that a, a franchise is so shitty that they need a movie made about them to be good so that in the, the years where Cleveland is bad, which is most every year, you can just watch Major League at the end of the year and be like, well, this could have been us. Ha ha, this could have been us. Right? So... But what you know? But if, if you remove all of that bullshit, take it all aside, put it all away, you have to ask yourself one. And we go got the balls again, right? Serrano, he's like, you don't got the balls, man. He's like, you know what? Serrano wants a bat. He wants a bat. All right, our all-state salesman, he wants a fucking bat. He's ready to party now. But more importantly, you know, who's in this? If you're gonna take one thing away from this film, let's take a positive thing away. In the, in the land, in the, in the world of shitty summer sequels, let's take a positive thing away here. And those positive things are what? Get out there and do it, man. Take some chances. Take the most implausible, crazy, bullshit chances in the world, okay? Nothing's guaranteed, nothing's for free, nothing's easy, but the hardest thing is the first step. And the hardest thing is going out there and being crazy and doing something that no one's done before. I got a call last night from a friend. We got this huge marketing budget, Jay, and it's a little out of my scope, and I'm just supposed to consult and help him, but what do you think? And I said, well, what do you guys want to do? And they said, well, the company sponsored a sports team in Indiana, use that as an example, and then in using that as an example said, this is not what we want to do. In fact, we don't want to do this at all. We don't want to sponsor a team, but instead, we, uh, we want to do something different. So we were at a, at, at a hundred split, so some, some fun uh, mathematics here for, for you kids, right? When you have a parent company, whether it's um, a Bud Miller Coors or it's air conditioning or it's trucking or whatever it is, you have a parent company and then you have subsidiaries, right? And those are the regional reps and they could be statewide, they could be in just the Dallas-Fort Worth or in the Sydney area, right, of Florida. Uh, but you just don't know, you know, but they, so they have, they have an advertising budget that they have to show to, to carry the name of whatever company they're carrying. And then some of that advertising is supplemented by the parent company. Right? So sometimes it's 50-50, sometimes it's 60-40, 30-30-70, you get the math. Well, in all of that, and um, you'll get these special ops. You're like, listen, we have, we have a robust, we have, we have some extra marketing budget, and we really want to do brand awareness, we want KPIs, we want new customer acquisition. What could this look like? What could this be? What do we want out of it? And you know, this is where you get the chance to really think out of the box and do something different. And so I'm sitting down, this happened to be an air conditioning company, and I'm sitting down talking to my friend, and she's asking, and I said, man, you know, uh, so you don't want to sponsor the Dallas Sharks. You got money, you got enough money to sponsor the Dallas Sharks. And she goes, yeah, of course we do. I said, yeah, you know what, don't do that. I go, but I do have a good idea for you. And here's my thought. One, um, bring in uh, portable pools into neighborhoods, older neighborhoods. You got to do these, these are the neighborhoods that are on the cusp of where they might need a new air conditioner or for sure are gonna need some retrofitting on the air conditioners they've got, right? So, and you gotta start in July as it gets hot. You go to July, August, September, right? And you do polar bear plunges and polar bear challenges. And on the hottest days, 
I mean, all you have to do is look at the weather and you can just know the month of August and the month of July, it's going to be balls hot in Texas. Balls hot. So what do you do? You bring in these amazing ice cold. I mean, you want 50% ice. You want 50% water. You need it ice fucking cold. You get it cold and you bring it out and you do polar bear, polar bear plunges, right? You do these challenges where people can, can plunge in and, uh, and have fun and, 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 and just party away and just and, and do whatever they need to do. One, refreshing. Two, is there anyone out there doing that? No, there's not. So there's, there's A. And then I said, now B, what you want to do is you also want to have your, have your hey, and I won't use the company name, blank person out there. you got the Culligan man, right, and delivering water. But you should go on lawn days. So Saturdays and Sundays, right? Saturdays and Sundays when you've got moms and dads and kids out there working in the yard and it's blazing hot. And you've got to give them, one, a bottle of the coldest water they can get. The coldest. I mean, hands down, burr, chili, freeze my teeth, cold. You've got to do it. So you've got to have that. And then give them a six pack of that cold water so that when they take it home and put it in the fridge and they go to have another bottle, guess what? It's not as cold. It's not as cold. So now in a world where it's not as cold, right? So now it's not as cold, you've got to be thinking about a couple of things. And one of those things is it was way colder from X company. Right? So you're setting the barrier for cold. You're being like, this is how, I mean, almost a slushy cold. Little chunks of ice floating in there. It's like when, when you get that, when you get the perfect drink that's been shaken, not stirred in ice, and you got those little, little thin layers of ice floating up top, right? And it's just shaken up. It's so amazing. It's so perfect. You got to get that cold for ice. That cold. Almost frozen cold. Absolutely decadent and amazing. So you do that. You get out there, and then I was like, and then on the corporation side, right on the on the side where you're looking at people moving big units of AC, the the commercial properties, right? Look at partnerships once again, where you're talking about how cold everything is. When you're in a movie theater. Movie theaters are generally very cold, right? But let people know how they're cold. For your home and for your theater, we recommend X, keeping you chilly and awake for this movie. You know why your beer's so cold? Because we keep it that cold, son. Bam. We'll keep your beer at home that cold too. Now you won't. But we'll keep you at home. We'll keep you comfortable or chilly or whatever you want. We'll do it. So we go through this whole conversation. She's like, what the hell? I'm like, yeah, this would be super fun. So we're going to see where that goes. But it's that idea. It's that concept of looking at something and taking it and thinking outside of the box and doing something different, embracing the old and the new but also going after something that's completely random. And when you look at the transition of this team, when you take away from what they're doing, right, and you look at what's going on and everything that's happening, it's, it's pretty amazing because at the end of the day, they're not doing anything new. They're just doing, they're just working hard and doing it different and they're doing it at a grassroots or, or, or ground level, right? And that's the engagement part. You know, there's, there's a reason why we love coming to, to dive bar and lounge. I mean, there's a real reason why. And one of that is, is that it's local, right? I mean, you know, do I still have a fantasy of getting blind drunk in an Applebee's and barfing of riblets? Of course I do. But A, I don't throw up when I drink. And B, I can't imagine eating riblets. It sounds disgusting. Um, you know, shout out to my buddy Adam who, uh, who got sick off of riblets. You know why he got sick off of riblets? Because they're fucking riblets, bro. Nasty shit. 
you know, nah, 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 nasty. But you know, you, listen, we've got we've got an opportunities to go to uh, to more corporate places to record, and we've just, we've always said no. And the reason we've said no is because it's not a place we would go or be. And you and you hear this sometimes from other people, right? You hear this from Rogue, you hear it from Fighter and the Kid, uh, you hear it from Sam Tripoli. You know, they, they they talk about how they are um, how they only endorse products that they use. You know, unfortunately, our endorsement of our products and uh, and what we use comes down to very simply a couple of things. One, beer, cocktails. Jason Dix got his in the bag with Bud Light. I've got mine all over the map as long as it's a local IPA and we're having fun. You know, some of my favorites, of course, Independence Brewing. You've got you've got Austin Beer Works. You have everything coming coming around, and it's just it's beautiful that way. It's absolutely fucking beautiful. It's perfect. But we also then you, you look at them where we record, right? And we, we gotta we gotta go local because that's where it's at. I mean, look at look at today, right? Captain of Affluence doesn't show up because his car battery's dead. Okay, you know, good job, Tesla. You don't have a secondary, you don't have anything like that? No. He's just driving too much. You got Captain of Affluence, car battery's dead. But also what you guys don't know behind the scenes is you know, the, the person who was supposed to open up here when I reached out to, to Matt, she couldn't make it. So we have somebody else already ready here, man. All set up, dialed in, signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. Ready to go. Ready to go, ready to make it. You know, and, and uh, that doesn't happen in an apathetic world of corporate. Listen, if, if, I, <clears throat> if I required, and no offense to the people who work there, but do you think the person who works at Walmart gives as much of a fuck about life and work and making sure everyone's happy as the owners, the proprietors, and the people who work at Dive Bar, because this is local. So when you go out, it's not like, oh, you work at Applebee's, yeah, I never go there. It's like, <clears throat> I work at Dive Bar. Oh, I had an awesome experience there. Fantastic, that's what I love to hear. Or I had a shit experience, hold on, get over here. What do you mean you had a bad experience? Talk to me, let's get this out, let's get this done. Let's, let's make sure things are, things, are, things are happening and things are going and things are moving forward. We want to change that experience for you because your local daughter dollar matters so much more to us, so much more, you know. And and what you'll find is, and what you especially find in, in successful local places is, and we're going to tie this back to the movie right here, is what you see is absolutely amazing, right? So you get you get your local supporters, and let's say there was a dip, let's say something happened on the on the hockey stick of, 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 of the curve of going up, of, of taking on the world and growing and staying busy and putting on awesome specials and, and doing everything that makes a bar great. You will find people that will. Step away and go, oh, it's too busy for me now. I don't go there anymore. You'll find other people that, that, that make other mistakes and, and, or, or that make other excuses, right, in the land of excuses and want to, and, and want to just find out. They didn't want to carve their niche. They, didn't want, they wanted to be here, but they didn't want to participate, if that makes sense, right? And so then what do you do? Well, what happens is, is that when you really become successful again, then those people pop back in. They chime back in. And as they chime back in, the most hilarious part is, is that they're like, oh no, I never left, right? And you'll see, you see this in the movie, right? I mean, Ricky Vaughn is, he's coming back. He's, he's you know, the, the Indians are back. He's still not quite there mentally, but now that they're back and winning, and he's winning based on great defense around him, not necessarily great pitching. Since he's winning, the old marketing gal comes back, 
You know, she wants to come back. She wants to come back now and be in his good graces. And now he's toiling over the school teacher that really loves him and the marketing chick that can make him rich if he just keeps doing what he's doing. Or more importantly, if the people around him keep doing what they're doing to save his ass because he still hasn't committed. Bam. Think about that. Put that one in your pipe and smoke it. Tell you what, though. Our, uh, our Asian baseball player is fucking fantastic. Buker's got the Jack Daniels out. He's also got the suspenders with jeans. Can we talk about the suspenders with jeans? I mean, listen, the, the Indians are going to the playoffs, but let's, more importantly, let's think suspenders and jeans. For a moment in time, suspenders and fucking jeans. Are you kidding me? Like, that was a thing for a while. I think you guys have to understand that suspenders and jeans were a thing for a while. So were those wacky ties that uh, that are tiger blood drinking, cocaine sniffing, hooker impregnating, crazy person named Charlie Sheen also did. Right? Suspenders and jeans. Get the fuck out of here. Who has that shit? I like that he's passing out game balls. Good for you, sir. But then he's got to bounce, right? Because he's got to go see his marketing chip. He's trying to play both sides. You know, one of the beautiful things about <clears throat> places and people and how they stick as a fixture and what it, what it means for them to be a part of and stick as a fixture is um, is that you you stay you, right? And, and this wraps back to the beginning of the film and how these guys changed. And the one person that hasn't fully changed, well, everyone else is finding success and their success is so great that it's carrying on Vaughn even though he hasn't fully changed. He hasn't committed yet. He hasn't, he hasn't decided who he wants to be. Does he want to be a sellout? Does he just want to cash that check even though he's not really happy? Right? He's going to go after the, the marketing girl again who's pretty but she's not it. Or the school teacher. Right? The, the wonderful, amazing school teacher. Where do, you, where do you want to be? What do you want to do? Who do you want to be? And if you, you got to commit to one though. He's playing the fence right now. He's trying to be everything to the kids, everything to his teammates, nothing to himself, and everything to cash in that check that that Rolls Royce will take him around him. And that's you can't do it, man. If you want to be that asshole, be that asshole. Go after it and be 100% that asshole. But then do it. Leave it all behind. Say, fuck it. Throw play underhand softball in a league, right? Be that person. Or get out there, get your fucking haircut again, like, a, like an adult. Get those Z's in the back, get those lightning bolts in the back, throw the heat, Ricky, and have some fucking fun. Power it up. You know, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Frog Mithril. So, something else here, and I, I, I do love this part. We got, uh, we got Coach going in. We got, our, we got our, our manager, Coach, walking in for heart surgery and just put out a cigarette. Just put out a cigarette. Cannot say it enough, folks. Smoking is really good for you if you want to have heart surgery, lung surgery, or get cancer. It's, I mean, listen, if those are some of your top things in life you want to get after, smoking's kind of your dream, right? This is, that's where you want to be. Exactly where you want to be. So, you know, just think, just something to think about. So they're in the playoffs. They're about to go to the World Series. They are, they're going to get some wins away. They're going to steal a couple of games. Willie Mays Hayes has not, he has not touched, whoop, whoop, doo, just playing those games, playing those games, being cocky, right? And they are, they will squeeze out game one win. They're going to squeeze out a lot of wins. Serrano's playing great. But once again, I mean, th here's the funny thing. You put this on in Cleveland. You put this shitty movie on in Cleveland, in a bar, 
and people are going to start cheering. And this is like when you put varsity blues on in a bar in Texas. People actually stop and pretend like they're watching a fucking football game. Now they, they can't believe what happened to old Billy Bob, you know, and they're like, give her a 10, a fucking 10. I can't believe he threw that interception. I can't believe those guys got drunk last night and they're going to throw this game. This is horrible, absolutely deplorable. What is, what is going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. A lot of craziness. A lot of absolute craziness. So, you know, you got to, folks, it's not real. I, we don't have any Cleveland listeners that I know. We might have a couple. I mean, we got, if it's less than 100, right, I don't know about it. Sorry. I'm not humble brag, but seriously, if less than 100, I don't know about it. Sydney, we know about. We got a big bump from Sydney, Florida. So if you're out there, Cleveland, like, by, by all means, we'll do, you bring us up, Cleveland, and we'll do Major League up there, right? I've also got a soft spot for Des Moines, but you guys don't have anything in, in Des Moines. So I don't know what movie or what we're going to do there. Maybe we'll do School of Rock. For your for your uh, your very talented music scene there, or if there's some crazy insurance movie, I guess we could do that up there as well. Okay, but uh, you know, in this in this world where they're going after the Sox and Cleveland's playing, and they're, and they're people are cheering, man, they're getting involved, they're getting psyched. So once again, not only did this movie, this summer of shitty sequels, play out horribly, but also folks. You know what else played out horribly? I'll tell you. Quite simply, nothing played out more horribly than, you guessed it, <clears throat> the Cleveland Indians. Nothing. Nothing can compare to you when it comes to shitty play and clutch time. Nothing at all. So one of the last things I want to look at, uh, and because this movie highlights it so well, right, is uh, the shitty owners. You know, they've, they've gone over the great managers and, and the motivational speeches and the motivational heart attack and everything else that's happening. You've, you've touched on the overpaid, overhyped, underperforming athlete, and then those that get back to their roots and really perform and do well. Bob Newcomb coming in strong with, look at him, shiny pink tuxedo. We've got some amazing patterns on it, absolutely amazing. And pitching against his old catcher, Ricky Vaughn Wild Things. You shake off that fastball. Oh, yeah, there you go. Shaking off the fastball because you're pussing out, son. He doesn't want to give the fastball. Doesn't want to at all. Why not? The owner's in his head. You know, think about the, the good, the bad owners out there. <clears throat> Some would argue in this day and age right now, based on what's happened most recently, that the owners of uh, <clears throat> and the, uh, the powers that be with the Warriors are, are awful. Right? Absolutely, absolutely fucking awful. Some would say that Mark Cuban is great, and some others would say he's awful because he's such a distraction. Such a distraction. Ooh, Ricky Vaughn giving up a three-homer, and uh-oh, giving up another big one. This catcher's got his number. White Sox crush the Indians, 12-1. Ba-boom, here we go. And now it's, it's kind of falling apart, isn't it? For the first time, he missed a throw. And this is where the series ties up 3-3. Spoiler alert, folks. Series tied up 3-3. This is where the wheels, this is where the pressure comes in, right? Yeah, oh, he broke the bat over his head. Son of a bitch. That's going to give you a concussion. You're going to have CTS. You're going to have a bad, bad run, my man. Bad run. But let's come back to this real quick. So I just want a couple of things. One, bad owners. 
bad owners can still have good teams, right? I mean, for a while there, the Clippers were decent, even though they had a horrible, racist, disgusting owner. Hey, uh, you know, um, B, you've got you've got some crazy, crazy owners in the NFL that are just idiots, right? And then you know, uh, you've got some NBA, MLB. You know, what does a major league baseball own a team? I mean, it's just it's, it's the owners thing is is a little weird. And generally speaking, they're all just trying to get their money, as are the players, right? Um, and it's it's shitty and it's chaos. The majority of them are fucking awful, absolutely fucking awful. So, in that awfulness, you have to wonder, right, in the athletes' minds, do you? A, perform well, knowing that your performance gets you paid, but also gets your awful owner paid, right? Or do you not perform well, hope that free agency works out, and that you get on a team with good ownership, and then show them that you can play, and hopefully you get paid? You know, you see the slippery slope here of uh, if you don't play well, you don't get paid, but if you don't play well, that shitty owner doesn't get paid as well. Now, who's got, who's got the longevity in this game? Well, hands down, the longevity goes to the owner. Your shelf life as a professional athlete, on average, is, is five to eight years. Five to eight years, that's it, right? And then where are you retiring? In Sydney, Florida, of course, 100%. That's exactly where you're going back. Right? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna throw away your neons. You're going to retire in Sydney, Florida. You're going to do some golfing. You're going to live in a little tax-free oasis. You're going to have some fun. So it's all, all the stuff that Florida does, all the absolute shit that Florida does. You know, so it's just got to think about those things, man. You got to think about that. And now, final thing as we get into this was the movies closing out. Let's look at the pressure, right? So you got Ricky Vaughn here, man. Is he going to be the one that comes around? And this is indicative of exactly what's going on in the world today, right? So Toronto Raptors up three-one, lose a game at home. We are north with Kevin Durant going down. Powerful, powerful, emotional game coming out of the Splash Brothers to ensure a victory, right? And now you have to wonder that that noose gets a little tighter, right? Because all you gotta win is one. All you gotta do is show up for one. But now you gotta show up for one knowing, 100% knowing, that in showing up for one, you could lose and you gotta show up for another one. Right, that pressure's on a little bit. And now they're back. They're back in, in Oakland for the last game in that stadium, they're back in Oakland. The last game in that stadium, they're back there. It's absolutely, it's, 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 now the pressure's on, right? It's, it's oh, I love this. So in, in this world of, of trying to memorize things, and as everyone's messing up, once again, I mean, this is, goes right back to Major League, where it's like, well, we can't sacrifice a chicken, but I've got a bucket of chicken. So dumb. So dumb. Well, here, it's like, I, I, we're out of Playboys, and I can't get you a Playboy, but what I can get you, what I think is amazing, is I can get you, that's right, a Victoria's Secret. You can read about crotchless panties, you can read about thongs, you can read about garters, you can do it, you memorize that. There's always a solution, right? So take the positive out, there's always a solution. You look at the negative of it, this is just, it's the same fucking movie as it was the first time. It's the same fucking movie. You know, and you got Tom Berenger going, we're gonna win. We're gonna figure this shit out and we're gonna win. Come on, guys. We gotta win, it's 3-3. So in a 3-3, if in Chicago's supposed to win, let's say, how, how easy is it to win? How easy is it to win? 
versus it's 3-3. You're not supposed to win, so what do you do? Do you swing for the fences? What do you go for? If you're in the I don't care mode, if you're in the wild, you know what, everyone thinks we're going to lose anyways. And they might think we're going to win game six and lose game seven, or in this game seven, they might think we're going to lose game seven. So what do you go out and do? Do you play a little more relaxed? Do you play a little more tense? You know, the coming from behind and the plateauing, the idea of, of, of corralling around, the concept, that the, the theory of, of giving it all, leaving it all on the line one last time, right? This is, this is where it comes in. This is what... This is where it comes in, and this is where you really have to ask yourself. You really have to step back. Isn't this what makes every sports movie? This makes Hoosiers. This is, this is what made the first major league. This is what this is what made Rudy, right? It's, it's leaving it all out on the field, doing it one more fucking time. One more time. When all the cards are down, one more time, where you give out, where you do, where you push, where you are something different, you are something special. In the moment when the lights shine the brightest, you've shown that you are something special, that you are something different, that you are the, the uniqueness. And Euchre coming in strong, he still loves those colors, but just just the, uh, the, the bow tie and then beautiful striped shirt along with a uh, very classy, very elegant jacket, purple, black trim, and cufflinks. Sir, how dare you, Dapper Dan. Always dashing, even in, even in the A-frame. Always, always dashing. Randy Quaid, will you turn that hat inside out for us? Will you finally cheer on in a, in a game that needs no introduction of the seven? Boom. Will you do it? Uh-oh. He's, he's, he's got the hiccups. Come on. Quote it out. Talk about it. Read it out in your brain. Read it out in your brain. This is where everything goes. Boop. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well. Here we go. It's interesting, right? I mean, it's just it's, all of this is, is the, the mental awareness that comes. You know, if, if you remove the shittiness of this movie, if you remove the absolute shittiness of this movie, and, and, and you go in, you play the psychological game, which I, which I think they hoped we would all play, right? The pressure. And where do you find the pressure? I mean, look at this in your own life, right? Where do you find the pressure? Where do you excel under pressure? And where, and where do you hide? And what do you do? And, and where do you sit in the world when there's all that pressure on you? Or do you, do you not perform under pressure? Or when you do perform under pressure, what's the pressure that you seek out that allows you to perform and move forward, right? I mean, this guy, our catcher, quote, quote lingerie ads, is what's pushed him through because he's done, he's done, he's learned all he can about every playmate that's gone up there. He knows all about Tammy from Tampa, right? He knows all about Sarah from Sydney. He knows all about Baboom. Big, big hits. So what's going to happen? Right? You've, got, you've, got it, you've got it all coming down to this. Now, spoiler alert, of course. I think we know it's going to come down to the wire. It has to. Slide and slide. And there you go, Baker. Come on, jumped a little early. Jumped a little early. Not the best. Shitty scored. Scored. That's sweet. You know, you've, here you've got the nasty owner. I love her sweet, by the way. And it's like she it's like they took everything with architecture and then one little area and they're like we're gonna make this the shitty area for the owner pinks and and then two two maitre d's in there and her just stomping back and forth not one fucking guest not one guest why because you can't have it can't have that one guest come on Sarah, get the ball oh scott's scott's seed and fertilizer man there you go if you guys don't know then you don't know here he comes come on son i have a feeling 
someone's going to get hurt in the slow. You guys know this ability to um, to attack the, the catcher like that, to take them out like that. So one, that's happened a couple times before, right? And I mean, Pete Rose famously did it and hurt a guy in a in a um, all-star game. But every year, people get hurt doing that. And it's it's the, the balls that it takes on both sides, right? One, you're running in there and you've got to you've got to really get after it. You've got to knock something right right out of the park. I mean, just bam, you've got to run into that person full steam, hoping that you hit them in the right way that they drop a baseball. And at the same time, whereas naturally you want to step aside when someone's running at you like that, as a catcher, you've got to stay there, you've got to hold the ball, you've got to face them, and you've got to take it on the chin. And it's like someone running up at you, going to punch you right in the face. You're like, no, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this right here. This is what it's all about. This is exactly what it's about. Just getting tagged right across. I mean, it's just, it's terrifying, right? Willie Mays, Hayes, come on, son. Let's see you. Let's see you manufacture some runs now, right? You've got to manufacture some runs. They've got to, they've got to get this going. And I love how you've got to, uh, you know, they, the, the producers here, right? They, they draw this out a little bit. We're in Cleveland, game seven, and they're just they're, they're slow playing this out, right? Because you've got to you've got to try to match the excitement and the endurance of what happened in Major League One. The problem is, once again, repeat this a couple times. The problem is, is that this is Major League all over again. That's why it fell because you thought you got something different. All you got was the same as character assholes, right? All you got was the same as character assholes. So the same assholes. Different asshole stereotype. Underpaid, underperforming, super cocky. Overpaid, underperforming, super cocky. That's all it is. Super simple. Nothing greater than that. And we're going to get back to some base stealing. Boom, boom, boom. Go get it. Go get it. Get that. There you go. Blah, blah. Now, this is one of my, in, in all of this, right? <clears throat> this is one of my favorites. Here he comes. Coming at him. He just did this, right? It's like, come on. And flip. Oh, love it. Do the Superman, son. Do the Superman and swing around. Slap that base. Get your run. Beautiful. It's one of the beautiful things, right? Someone's coming at you aggressive. Figure it out. That's some Bruce Lee shit right there. That is some adaptive Bruce Lee shit. That's all that is. Nothing else. Absolutely beautiful. You got to love it. You got to love that excitement. And once again, people in Cleveland cheering it on like they actually won something. Cheering it on like they won something. Here... We, uh, we, we've, we've learned a couple of things, right? One, this isn't a real movie. Two, PBS, man, the way they're pouring that tea. It's crazy. But three, and most importantly, man, it's horrible remake. Listen, when you watch this film, the one thing you want to do 100% is not watch it. You want to watch the first one. Get out, watch Major League, and forget about this one. Boy, this, I'll tell you what, their catcher is just a monster for the Sox, man. He just hits home runs. Son of a gun. He just can't get it out, right? He just cannot get it out. It's amazing. You know, you, you got to think about, I mean, this this guy is like a WWF character, right? As as everyone boos and you don't know what's going on. He's like a WWF character. He's, he's getting cheered on. And who are, you got to think, man, who are the bad guys in sport and in baseball? I mean, if a guy hits a long ball, generally speaking, he's a hero. 
think it's so hard to do. I mean, no one was booing Mark McGuire when he was knocking balls out of the park or Sammy Sosa or, or you know, anybody else. It's out, it, no one was booing those guys, right? Every time he hit the long ball, everyone's like, whoa. They cheer him on. And here they've created this like WWF character that there's, there's more to this than anybody knows. It's absolutely insane. I got, you got to find that. I wish we could bring that back. Like Dennis Rodman was that in, in basketball. But you want to, you got to find that that character, that that anti-hero. You got to find that in there. You have to find it in there, and you got to find that anti-hero. Where are they? They don't exist anymore, man. It's it's a love or hate based on a team, based on a performance. It's not love or hate based on them or their attitude. It's absolutely crazy. It is one of the things I do love. Corbin Burns in here, right? He is uh, Don is that is out there, and he is just Roger Doran, Don Roger Doran, and uh, he's got to take one. He's going to step into a pitch, and it's going to fucking hurt. You got to love it. The look on his face is just amazing. He's like, "Fuck, this is just going to suck." This is oh, <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it because he just right in the center of the back. I mean, just right in the center of the back. Because they're throwing 80, 85 miles an hour right in the center of the back. They're, they're trying to get a get a runner out there for him. He's like, fuck this. Listen, no. You do not put a runner out here for me. Don't you dare. You send him back. No. I'm not taking a runner. He's gonna... <laughs> I love this part only because, Dorn, you got to get off the base. Only because at my age, still playing basketball, right? There are times where I'm just like, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the charge. I'm gonna shoot that last shot. I don't care if the young kid's better than me at all. I'm I'm doing it. I'm going after it. I'm gonna be that aggressive. No one else is. Fuck that noise. I play a little bit more than Dorn, of course, because you know I, I'm actually still an athlete, and Corbin Burnson is not Roger Dorn. You are not, sir, anything but that. Here we go. We got the big man coming up. Boop, boop. Look at him. So excited. So happy. Just, you know, just happy-go-lucky. Game seven, Mr. Serrano. No one's, no one's giving him anything. Pedro Serrano. Just doesn't like the, doesn't like the, uh, the fastball in any way, shape, or form. Just cannot hit that ball. Cannot hit. Ooh, look at that. Right there, the old number one. Putting it down there. Now you're getting the play-by-play -play from a person who is not play-by-play -play in any way. I'm not a youth, right? But what we are is we're fun. So, you know, you've got, I love this. I love this part. Just do three strikes and you're out, man. Look at that. Jingling the balls. No marbles. No marbles. You guys, you guys are Allstate. Our former president and current Allstate salesman just does not, does not think this is funny. You, you, you know, do you, do you have that? You think about that in life, right? Where it's just like, who's the person? Just give them the heat. I dare you, Pedro Serrano, with the marbles. You don't, you don't go to the well three times. Boom, and that's one. Out of here. Cheer, Cleveland. Come on, I want to hear you cheer. Ooh, some guy just went by on some weird segue. Good for him. That's right. Boom, has it landed yet? Has it landed yet? It has not. Well, those marbles are going to break out of that bag. You just, you can't swing marbles like that. They will break out of the bag. Boom, boom, boom. Fresh out of heart surgery, coach, manager. What's he doing? He's getting it on. 
He's having some fun. Absolutely. Folks, we're at that time. We're at that that corner, that 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 turning point, if you will, in in all things amazing, right? We're at that time. Um, and uh, and that is we got we got one last character to develop. We got one last guy to come out and save the day. One. Ricky Vaughn. Wild thing. You make my heart sing. You make everything, Ruby. Wild thing. You got one last one. So what are you going to do? Where are you going to be and what is going to happen? Right? I mean, you know that our pitcher is going to get a little bit of trouble, get a little wild. Things are going a little outside. Anticipation's building. You're wondering. I mean, and this is the, the, the beautiful thing about baseball. It's very that's much more interesting, and it, it's played a little bit with some players in in um, in let's say uh, in, in the NBA in basketball. Not so much in football. Right? It's not like you have a running back that's sitting down and there's two plays left in the game, whatever that may be. And it's like okay, well, got two plays left. Uh, let's bring in Tommy. And then he runs, you know, for 90 yards. It just doesn't happen that way, right? It just does not happen that way. Basketball, you will get that special one-shot person, right? Steve Kerr for the Bulls was absolutely amazing. Robert Ory was out of sight, dynamite with what he did. Out of sight, dynamite for what he did. But that's very rare. Usually, I mean, like you got a Kawhi Leonard, he's playing almost the whole game, right? You've got you got the Splash Brothers, Steph and Clay. They're playing the whole game. They're doing that. They are hitting all the time. It's just what they're doing. And here we go. But in baseball, you have the man who does cleanup. You have the reliever. You have the man who comes out wild thing. Cue up the song, cue up the song, boom. Hit the eight track, play that. He's got the haircut. He's got, I mean, he cut the arms off a leather jacket. Fucking fantastic. It's got the haircut. As shitty as this movie is, as much as the owner hates this movie or this song, Wild Thing, which, I mean, strong comeback for this song, right? Strong comeback for all of that shit, for everything. Ba-boom, ba-boom. Look, we got Randy Quaid turning his hat the right side in. He loves the Indians again. The hero is back. The last person to make the full transition is here. And here he comes. And that's the unique thing about baseball, right? You got that person who can come in and in three pitches change the game, right? I mean, the Yankees have some of the best closers of all time. You got that person who just comes in. What do they do? They just throw heat. That's all they do. Nothing else. They just throw heat, right? Or a curveball or a knuckleball, whatever it may be. But they're special at that high-pressure situation. Bases loaded. <clears throat> You're up by one run. Guess what we need? Three strikes. That's all we need. Nothing else. One, two, three. That's it. It's crazy. It's crazy to mentally put yourself in that position, in that in that in that thought process, right? And Sheen does a good job of it. He's like, all right, you know. And you've got you got coach in the hospital. You got you got you got your new catcher. He's like, okay, come on, buddy. I'm going to talk about panties because I got to figure out how to throw this ball to you. And let's have some fun. And also igniting the crowd. Man, I wonder what that's got to be like when the game's on the line and the, the, the score, bases are loaded, you're up by one. You're the savior. 
What's that ego and mentality like? That you're the savior, that you're there, you're losing your, you know, everyone's losing their mind for you, and it's what? It's three strikes. That's all it is. Three strikes and the game's over, and the Indians once again go to the World Series. And whether they win or lose, nobody knows. I mean, we do know, but boom. They're going to intentionally walk this guy. They're going to, they're going to, I'm sorry, the bases were not loaded. They will be loaded. Apologize. But he is walking this man to get to his nemesis. And there's his nemesis. Former catcher for the Indians, traded to the Sox, game seven, the balls. This is another beautiful thing, right? Is And that's something that they would not allow in sports, of course. But you've got to allow in the movie. You've got to love this Cleveland, cheer this on, right? Get after this. Get excited about this moment. That you call for the best player. You call for the guy who's jacked home runs on you across the board. You call and you want him. That's who you want. You want anything. You just want him. Boom. Put your glasses on. Get your hair cut. Go crazy. Get some tiger blood. Do a line of coke and get after it. Ego to ego. Man to man. Player to player. Nothing but the best, right? In basketball, in a, in, a, in a game seven situation with 10 seconds left, you're looking for a pick and roll to get your star the absolute best shot possible, the cleanest shot possible, right? You're, you're looking for these switches. You're looking for that edge. No one's stepping up and saying, you know what? Where's their best defender? Put their best defender on them. That's you got to love the balls of, of this and the, the, the irrationality of saying we could win by me just striking out this low-level person. We could easily win, but no, I don't want, I want, I want Jack Parker. I want him, I want him to feel the heat. One strike, one foul ball, here we go. Bring in the heat. Nothing but that. Nothing but the heat. This is, you know, and this will always bring you into a movie, right? This, this machismo, this idea of doing something or attacking the world a little differently, breaking, breaking down instead of picking on the weak, going after the strongest and taking it right to their throat, right? Just finding that great one. I mean, Jordan did that magnificently. Magic Johnson did that great. Kobe Bryant went after the best and tore them down, went after all of them, you know, because he could absolutely amazing right so you can you can take those transitions and you can push it off and you can find a different motivation in this and uh, in something that won't happen right but in, in Cleveland trust me if they did this in Cleveland if, if the Cleveland Indians were going out and they did this and there was a wild thing and they're playing wild thing and all this shits happening and going crazy guess fucking what they would cheer for this all day long because this is this is in their DNA now here comes the pitch Strike three, you're out. And there we go, folks. They win. In a game that's decided by hitting 35%, you're awesome, right? Pitching like that. In a game that's decided like that, there you go. And in an hour and 37 minutes, 38 minutes, we go from heroes to zeros to heroes to a pitch that was that was in the low 80s to now a pitch that's in the, the low 100s, 102, right? In all of that, in everything, you get that, you get that emotion, that drive, that push, you know. Um, still, didn't perform all the theaters, 
That's why it's part of the shitty summer sequel, summer's shitty sequel, whatever you want to call it. It is, it is part of that because it just didn't perform well. But the emotion's still there. It still grabs you, and there's still a lot to pull from it. I would still, you know what, listen, watch it. Have some fun. Enjoy it. All right? Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Now comes your favorite part of the show where my daughter sings about the first time that she took a poop, which is one of her favorite moments and still loves to poop. God bless her. You got to love it. So, folks, thank you very much. Enjoy your wonderful day. Don't forget, check out Dive Bar and Lounge here in Austin, Texas, 1703 North Guadalupe. Come in, say hello. Order a Dick Man. That'd be a Bud Light and a shot of Crown. Or do the, do the J and just get whatever IPA the bartender recommends. Anything and everything across the board. All right, folks. But thanks again for listening. And here it is, your song, She's Singing About Shitting. Have a good one. Bye.